The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, It is not those who say to me, Lord, Lord, who will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the person who does the will of my Father in heaven. When the day comes, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, work many miracles in your name? Then I shall tell them to their faces, I have never known you. Away from me, you evil men. Therefore, everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a sensible man who built his house on rock. Rain came down, floods rose, gales blew, and hurled themselves against that house, and it did not fall. It was founded on rock. But everyone who listens to these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a stupid man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, floods rose, gales blew and struck that house, and it fell. And what a fall it had. Jesus had now finished what he wanted to say, and his teaching made a deep impression on the people, because he taught them with authority, not like their own scribes. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I referenced this this scripture just the other day, I was thinking, um, this is one of the scariest things I think Jesus can say to anyone. <laughs> you know, you spend your life working for him and, and really thinking, yeah, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing his work in his name. You know, Jesus is the, the bumper sticker on the front of every, all of our occupations. And yet it's possible that we've deceived ourselves. You know, we've created a Christ in our own image instead of the opposite happening, us being refigured according to him. Anyway, this idea, I've been sitting with it for the past few days, and it's made me think about this interplay between faith and works, which, which is a long-standing sort of debate as it is, but then prying apart works and fruit, because I said the other day that they're different, but I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite get to why, but, I, but they are. They overlap, but they are different. And I was thinking, it's, it's a question of integrity, and then it's a question of the, the fruitfulness of the work. Um, I was thinking there, you know, you see that phrase which describes um, Jehoiakim. It says here very brutally, um, he did what is displeasing to the Lord, just as his father had done. You know, he's modeling himself off someone, but it's, it's the wrong one. Um, it's merely an outward appearance. It's merely work. And, and there's no fruitful capacity to that work. There's no integrity inside it. If we were to differentiate work and fruits, I think we could say that work, if it's just work, is busy. It's busyness. And, and we've heard the phrase business as usual. You know, let's just get on with it. Uh, get on with the daily grind. Do what we're expected. Work can involve sweat. Work often involves the expectation of pay. Work can be detrimental to our health. It's not that work is intrinsically bad, but it, but it seems to tend in that direction if it loses its soul. On the contrary, you think of fruit, and suddenly our mind goes in a different direction, doesn't it? Because we think of the glory of nature. You know, it's fully alive. It's being exactly what it was created to be. There's no disintegrity in that tree or in the bird song or in the, in the beauty of the sun rays. Our, our mind goes in the different direction. It thinks of like preparation for a feast, you know, something to be shared, joy to be had. And fruit is concerned with health, you know, 
um, the farmer who's cultivating good fruit, he's constantly tending the health of it. He's thinking, is this growing well or is it, or is it turning rotten? And what do I have to do to, not for my sake, but for the sake of an other, for the sake of the fruit? So our work has to be fruit. Our work has to be fruitful. It has to have the soul of Jesus kind of imprinted, making a deep impression on it. I've also been listening to the revelations given to St. Mary Margaret Alacock, who has given the church the devotion to the Sacred Heart. Tomorrow the church celebrates the Feast of the Sacred Heart. And it's a six-hour audio book with a pretty dry voice, so it's, <laughs> it's a bit hard going. But two things stood out to me this morning as I was getting into it. She said this. She said, Obe- with obedience, what was it? Obedience makes all things possible. It was something like that. Obedience makes all things possible. That's interesting. You know, um, Obedience, the literal albedera, it's to listen, not just to do what you're told, but to, to attentively, kind of eagerly wait and hear and then respond. Obedience makes all things possible. That's, that's a beautiful phrase. She also said, sincerity is the chief virtue. You know, a person can have all the virtues you can imagine. Courage, discipline, fortitude, prudence, everything. Even charity. But if it's lacking sincerity, suddenly they just collapse into, into dust, don't they? So she says, sincerity is, is really important. And, and God is wanting to imbue us with his sincerity, with his fidelity, with his trustfulness. Lastly, I just want to say this, and I'll close with these words because they're not mine. They're the words of a very, apparently very wise little year, year two child that I was just with at St. John's. We were looking at St. John because it's his birthday tomorrow, even though the church will celebrate it on Saturday. And I, we were talking to them about him and why he's important in the church, in the salvation history. And I said, now John said this interesting phrase, and it's a bit ominous, but let's close our eyes and just think for a second, what does it mean? I must decrease, he must increase. And they sat with it for a good 10 or 15 seconds. And then this little girl, her name's Amy, she put up her hand and she said, it's like John knew what he had to do and he did it, but he didn't want the attention. He wanted God to get all the attention. And then later on she said, it's almost like he wants to get smaller and smaller and smaller until he's nothing and God's everything. It's from a seven-year-old it's from a seven-year-old child. I said to the teacher, can she write my homilies? <laughs> um, beautiful, beautiful. May we just become utterly at the disposal of our God, obedient, sincere, and ever more fruitful, bearing fruit for the whole world and fruit that lasts for eternity.